This week is Catholic Education Week in Ontario, and Catholic school trustees are celebrating 80 years of promoting and protecting Catholic education. We're really blessed in Ontario to have a publicly funded Catholic school system. It's not easy to describe how we ended up with this gift, but we have it. And I think part of it has to do with the number of Catholics in this country. In Canada, more than 40% of the population is Catholic. That's about 13 million people. In Ontario, directing the taxes of Catholics for education works because there are just so many of us. One in three schools are Catholic. In some communities, half of the schools are Catholic. This made us think, what makes Catholic education different? Of course, I think that a good Catholic education is better, but is it more than just adding religion class? Of course. So in honor of Catholic Education Week, I'd like to share with you this poem that I found, What I Learn in Catholic School. Pray, live, learn, love, and laugh every day. Education is essential. Praise God. Everyone is important in God's eye. Forgive, love one another, add, subtract, multiply, divide. Believe in yourself. Everyone is different. Stand up for what is right. Respect others. Thank God for everything. Say, I'm sorry. Help others. How to sing. Be calm during fire drills. Do your homework. Don't cheat. Teamwork. Tie your shoes. Go to confession. Say, please. Wait your turn. Don't brag. Don't waste anything. Don't hit. Clean up after yourself. Jesus died for us. Receive Holy Communion and love His Blessed Mother. That's from a poem entitled, What I Learn in Catholic Schools. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this is Salt and Light Radio. Hello and good evening. Welcome to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. I'm Christian Madrenko. And Mary Rose Bacani is actually out of town. She's working on a wonderful project at St. Peter's Seminary in London, Ontario. So Salt and Light associate producer Alessia Domenico will be sitting in her chair today. Now, Chris, had you ever heard that poem that I just read, uh, What I Learned in Catholic School? Uh, no, I, I hadn't actually until today. And uh, some of those items, uh, I hope that every school would teach, like multiplication and division. <laughs> but it's good that Catholic schools are teaching our kids to, to love Mary and, and to pray. As yeah. well as to multiply. Well, I was thinking yeah. about that because I didn't go to a Catholic school. Um, you didn't either, did No, you? I didn't. Yeah, no. I didn't go to a Catholic school. And, and even though I learned a lot of those things about you know respect and say please and thank you, um, um, I think that there is a different focus and motivation mm -hmm. in Catholic schools that 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 that's what makes a difference. Oh, I think so. I mean, we've done a lot of programs on Catholic education and you you really see once you you meet the administrators how it really infuses the whole system and it's it's a world view. It's not just it, it, yeah. sticking in a couple of religion courses. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. So so it so it's good to celebrate Catholic Education Week even if you don't have Catholic Education Week wherever you are, let's celebrate Catholic Education mm -hmm. um, because uh, because it's important. The poem is published by Spiritan Arts and was written by students at Our Lady of Victory Catholic School in State College, Pennsylvania. So thank thank them for that. Um, now, Chris, what's, uh, what's in the news today? Well, Pedro, the Pope had some very strong words about nuclear weapons. 
Uh, as well, we now know the identity of the patron saints for the next World Youth Day in Madrid. Yes. And a little bit later, Pedro, we're going to be talking about a new poll in the New York Times, which I thought that they asked some really fascinating questions, which shows what Catholics really feel about the sex abuse crisis and how the media has been reporting on it. That, that's very good. I think uh, you've, you've left everybody in suspense now. We want to know about the poll and mm -hmm. about the saints. Um, so we look forward to hearing uh, on more on those stories. We also will be speaking to, Catholic, uh, to a Catholic actress and comedian, Judy Savoy. And our featured artist of the week is Lorraine Hartsuk, who returns to Salt and Light Radio. She's got a new album. And uh, she's got news about the March for Life uh, in Regina that just took place uh, two days ago. So here now is Lorraine with her song, Through the Fire. Many times I've questioned certain circumstances or things I could not understand. Many times in trials, weakness blurs my vision, that my frustration gets so out of hand. It's then I am reminded I've never been forsaken. I've never had to stand the test alone As I look at all the victories The spirit rises up in me It's through the fire my weakness is made strong He never promised that the cross would not get heavy And the hair would not be hard
That was our featured artist of the week, Lorraine Hartsook, with the title track of her new album, Through the Fire. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. Our email address is radio at saltandlighttv.org, and our blog can be found at saltandlighttv.org slash blog. My name is Pedro, and here with me now, sitting in for Mary Rose Bacani, is Salt and Light associate producer, Alessia Domenico. Welcome to Salt and Light Radio, Alessia. Thank you, Pedro. It's great to be here. So you have some events for us. Yes, I do. So we'll start off in Vancouver, or if you're anywhere near Edmonton on May 13th, you can come join the fight for the rights of the unborn. Mm -hmm. In Vancouver, the March for Life is on May 13th, and that's starting at noon uh, at Mass at St. Peter St. Sorry, St. Andrew's Cathedral. Then the crowd is going to Centennial Square f to the legislature. And the March for Life in Edmonton that same day uh, starts the night before on Wednesday, May 12th. The all-night prayer vigil begins at 8.30 p.m. till 9.30 a.m. the next day. Both the prayer vigil and the mass in the morning take place at St. Joseph's Basilica. And at 1 p.m. on Thursday, the rally begins at the Alberta Legislature. For more information on the BC March for Life on May 13th, you can go to bcmarchforlife2010.webs, that's webs, W-E-B-S, dot com. And about the Alberta March for Life, you can go to the Edmonton Archdiocesan website. And, and can I just, j just add that it's great if you're not anywhere in any city where there's a March for Life, you can participate by, by in solidarity by praying for this important cause, um, the March for Life. I, I know, Alessia, you're going to tell us about the, the big one that in Ottawa um, uh, in a little bit. So just that, if you get all confused about where to find out, just Google your diocesan office and, and that information will be I in that, uh, the website, the, the sorry, Alessia, the Edmonton diocesan the website? The Edmonton Archdiocesan website. Okay, great. Or the Vancouver Diocesan Or the Vancouver, the Vancouver, exa exactly. So, great. And moving on to St. Boniface in Winnipeg, um, from May 22nd to the 24th, the organization Tech, which stands for To Encounter Christ, will be holding a retreat. Now, Tech is a unique experience in Christian living for people from the age of 17 and up. The retreat will be taking place at the Catholic School of Evangelization, uh, located 45 minutes south of Winnipeg on Highway Number 59 in the town of St. Malo, Manitoba. It's a three-day weekend beginning at 9.30 a.m. on Saturday and ending at about 6 p.m. on Monday. And people of all faiths are welcome, I should mention. Candidates are required to attend all three days also, and space is limited, so they're really encouraging people to apply early. See their official website at gbtech, that's G-B-T-E-C, for full information and for application forms. And in Toronto on May 16th, the Lectio Divina will take place with His Grace Archbishop Thomas Collins at St. Michael's Cathedral located at 65 Bond Street, Toronto. Now all are welcome and Archbishop Collins will lead uh, in the present prayer and reflection on scriptural passages. Vespers are taking place at 7 p.m. and Lectio Divina from 7.30 p.m. to 8.15 p.m. And for any information, resources, or to download audio or video clips from Lectio Divina, you can visit their Archdiocese website at archtoronto.org slash Lectio, L-E-C-T-I-O. And it's great to remind our, uh, our listeners that the, the Lectio Divina airs on Salt and Light Television, so um, if it happens this coming Sunday, it'll air on Salt and Light Television the following Sunday at 8 p.m. or so. I'm sure we'll tell you when we get to that week for programming. So if you're not in Toronto you, you, or you couldn't go, it'll be on, on television as well. And in Ottawa, on Thursday, May 13th, the March for Life will begin. First, they're going to be celebrating Mass at Notre Dame Cathedral. The rally will be outside Parliament around 1 p.m. 
Now for full information and to learn all the details, you can visit the Campaign for Life Coalition website. And also happening in Ottawa the following week is the annual Youth Summit, the Monte Jeunesse, which will be taking place Friday, May 21st through to Monday, May 24th. Monte Jeunesse is a bilingual gathering of youth and young adults from across Canada that focuses upon the Eucharist and on living as a missionary. Now it's open to young adults graduating from grade 12 up to 35 years old. The Youth Summit will be taking place at various locations and parishes across Ottawa. And the cost per person is $150 and this cost includes accommodations with a ticket for Friday, Saturday and Sunday night. Meals as well as all Youth Summit activities and transportation between sites will be provided in that cost. For more information, go to youthsummit.ca. And this, again, if I can cut in, it's a wonderful event. It is the only national youth event that takes place in this country. The Youth Summit is taking place in Ottawa this year. Highly recommend it if you can go. Um, sadly, I will not be able to go. Um, but Salt and Light Television will be there. So if you uh, see any, any, any of our team, come and say hello. Thank you, Alessia. That's uh, our events for now. Alessia, we'll be back at the end of the show with details about this great ministry for young adults that is taking place in Toronto, so stay tuned. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel and on the internet at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. I'm Pedro Guevara. Man, Alessia just stepped out, um, but as I said, she will return later. In the meantime, Chris is here with the news. Yes, Pedro, um, we often report on the general audience mm -hmm. that the Pope does every Wednesday, and uh, there's always a, a catechesis, but he also often inserts uh, messages that, that correspond to issues of the day. And right now, people are talking about nuclear weapons, and he, uh, he made some of the strongest statements that I've heard him say right. about nuclear weapons, and, uh, and really calling to eliminate all of them eventually. Uh, he's demanded that the nations fulfill their commitments to stop nuclear proliferation. The Pope said that peace does not rest on a balance of power, as if, you know, you could have yes. a different nations, if they all have nuclear weapons, then everyone's safe, that notion, because mm -hmm. no one wants to no. provoke each other. But the Pope said that peace is based on trust and respect for promises made. And his message was, uh, although he was speaking to pilgrims in St. Peter's Square in the Vatican, that message was really directed to participants of a conference in New York City on, nuclear non on the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty. He encouraged them to work to free areas of nuclear weapons, leading, quote, to their complete elimination from the planet. That would be so a wonderful. Yes, yeah. so very unequivocal. And it also, it also coincides, actually, with uh, the tour of a statue of the Virgin Mary that survived a bombing in Nagasaki. And that statue made its way on, on, on its tour uh, recently to St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City. And um, Google that if you're at home because it's a very striking image of, of Mary, uh, the statue having suffered the nuclear explosion in World War II. Uh, having survived, yeah, it's a mm -hmm. wonderful story about the statue that survived, mm -hmm. yes. Now on a lighter note, Pedro, the Vatican has approved nine saints as patrons for Spain's World Youth Day celebrations in yes. 2011. Yes. Uh, as you know, there's patron saints for every World Youth Day. Uh, these ones come from different walks of life and different periods in Spanish history, mm -hmm. primarily. Mm -hmm. One of the saints, Saint Rafael Arnaiz. Have yes. you heard of him? No, I have not. Well, he was just canonized last year, and Saint Raphael was, was an artist and an architect. Uh, and then later became a Trappist monk. He died of diabetes in 1938 at the very young age of 27. Really? 
Uh, the other saints for World Youth Day are going to include Madrid's first saint. These are a little bit more familiar, perhaps, to our listeners. Saint Isidore mm -hmm. and his wife, Saint Maria mm -hmm. de la Cabeza. Uh -huh. Did I pronounce that yes, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. De la, yeah. um, I always turn to Pedro for Spanish pronunciations. Yeah. Among the other saints honored are the two saints known as the Carmelite duo, Saint John of the Cross and Saint Teresa of Avila. Yes. And uh, and the Holy See also approved the major locations for the 2011 World Youth Day celebrations, and one of them is the Quattro Vientos Airfield, where John Paul II met with young people on his l very last pastoral trip to Spain. Oh, this is great news. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. very excited because um, we've been thinking about World Youth Day Madrid for a while now, so now the news start coming out, mm -hmm. and we start getting a little more excited because, of course, we hope to be there. Well, hopefully, yeah, hopefully both of us will get assigned hopefully, to go. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Well, I do speak the Spanish, so if at least they need a translator That's or someone true. to help them <laughs> with their pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, could be, I could be the one. Um, so thank you so much, Chris, for that exciting news. Um, that's the news for now, but Chris will return in about 20 minutes uh, to tell us about a, a very interesting poll that the, the New York Times and CBS uh, has just, uh, that they've just conducted. So stay tuned. You're listening to Satellite Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. Do you think that comedy and Catholicism don't go together? Well, think again, because here comes comedian Judy Savoy with a truck full of laughs. She describes herself as a Christian speaker, a one-woman show, but one of her critics says that Judy's presentations are filled with hilarious laugh-out-loud humor, which she skillfully weaves into the substantive content of her presentations. She grabs the attention of her audience with comedy and then nails the whole presentation with meaningful take-home value. It sounds like a wonderful thing that she's doing. Judy Savoy joins me now on the phone from New Brunswick. Judy? It's wonderful my dad wrote that, you know. <laughs> see? No, he did not. <laughs> no, he didn't. Oh, that see? was an objective viewpoint, that, that, an objective review. I think, but, it, but it's not just objective, it's true. Thank you. That there's something, no, but there's something about when we want to reach people with a message, comedy is a, is a great way, or laughter, maybe not comedy, but laughter is a great way to... It is. Uh, it's an icebreak, not an icebreaker, a door opener, uh, a, a person grabber. It's all those things, and it's, it softens you up. It, it makes you... Right. It's like making you pliable and malleable and open. Now you're open to receiving something. You know, yeah, yeah, when, yeah. You're, when you're laughing. Cause, and in some ways, too, you're vulnerable, mm -hmm. you know? Anyway, yeah. anyway, yeah. Um, um, be, uh, I want I do want to talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. But but let's go back in time because I want to know what it was like to grow up in your house. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny you should ask. <laughs> uh, Catholic family, of course, we weren't the biggest Catholic family, or the, I should say the largest Catholic family, but uh, five children. Yeah, yeah. And I came second, and I have an older sister than me, then another sister, and then brothers after that, a couple of brothers after that, mm -hmm. but. So I'm sandwiched in between these these two girls, and you know, there's that birth order thing that happens. Yeah. And I actually was a very very shy kid, very shy, but with a ton of energy. And from the earliest, I think I was two years old when I told my aunt I was going to grow up to be somebody. Uh -huh. I wanted to be a movie star. I wanted to be on. I I just, you know, I'm like Milton Berle. Open the fridge door. I'll do 20 minutes. 
<laughs> but I was scared out of my mind. Even when I had to get up and speak at a, a you know, at my school, I mm-hmm. think my principal came to me when I was 12 years old, and he said, "You're a wonderful speaker." you need to compete in one of these contests. And I said, no, I can't, no, I can't, no, I can't. And he forced me to do it. Wow. He threatened me. And I actually won that contest, but I, I threw up a couple of times the right. night before. So he's to blame for all this. It's, <laughs> you know, it, I think it comes out of a need, that, just that need to be noticed. Right. Uh, when, you're, when you're shy and you're in a large family, you tend to talk louder, right? And you need—I needed to be noticed, and there was that element. But there's also the God-given element of the artist, the entertainer. That's a God-given gift, and timing. I always had comedic timing. Yeah. Now I loved comedians. I we would watch the Ed Sullivan show religiously, and yeah. I waited for the comedians. The singers were okay, but I waited for the comedians. Right. And my father loved comedy, and. It, it actually, I diffused my father's anger once. My father never got really angry. My father was a very gentle kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But when he got angry, you know, you, you kind of, okay, better get out of here now. And I remember once he was angry at me, and I gave him a one-liner. I, I got shot back at him, some one-liner, and my father oh. burst out laughing. <laughs> You know, Pedro, it was uh, the beginning <laughs> of everything. <laughs> wow, that worked. Um, uh, okay, let me ask you this. I, I, it makes sense for me, for a little girl, to dream to be a movie star yep. or a comedian, let's mm. say. But where does the whole religion thing fit in? Because you didn't think at, a, as, at age no. 12, I'm going to be a Christian comedian. No. Uh, growing up Catholic, I was a serious Catholic. I was, uh, my parents tell me I was very spiritual all my life. I was spiritual, I was very Catholic, but by the time I was in high school, like most of us, I became a skeptic, Mm -hmm. and I was a voracious reader, and I loved novels, and of course I was reading most of the novels at the time, were quite dismissive of Christianity. Right. I I remember once writing a review in high school of some book, and I said, anyone who is 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 an identifiable Christian is either a charlatan or a nincompoop. Really? There seemed to be an opposite, and I see David Adams Richards is is finally writing about that right now, but that's another story. Right. But the... So I actually stopped going to church as soon as I went to university. Mm -hmm. As soon as I left home, was at university, I stopped going to church altogether, went through my atheist period. That didn't last long. I went into my agnostic period, and then my my existentialist period, and then I read Ayn Rand, and I just got into everything that was going, because I, you know, an actor. Actors like to experience everything, and so I did all that, and then I was a born-again Christian. I actually had a conversion experience. I think I was 24 years old. Mm-hmm. I can't remember quite. About 24 years old, and I had a conversion, a dramatic, what we called in the 70s, a conversion, yeah. um, Jesus moment. Yes. And it, my evangelical moment, which led me then not to go to church. In fact, I didn't want to go to church. I'm not a great joiner, and I don't like groups, and I wasn't fond of Christians, per se. Mm-hmm. But I, and I, I tried, I actually tried um, going back to the Catholic Church, but 
in, I think, 1970-something, being born again and going into a Catholic church at the time. I think I was in London, Ontario, and there was no Catholic church that I felt was giving me the Jesus thing. Right. No personal relationship with Jesus. No, Mm -hmm. it was still the same old stuff I'd left behind, and I found it totally irrelevant and without meaning. Do, do you think that some of the work that you're doing now with with like your one woman show yeah. um, is trying to capture that experience for people? Yes, you know I didn't write it that way. I wrote, I wrote, get me back to the garden. I'm choking on the weeds. Uh, really, as an act of obedience. As an actress, I at the time I wrote it, I hadn't been working for a while. I was raising two children, mm-hmm. and I I hadn't been working for a while, and I. That creative spirit started in me, and I, I asked actually a friend of mine to write me a show, and he, he thought it was a great idea, and then I lost interest in it, and, and then and I just I got this idea of these biblical characters, yeah. because I'd done something years ago for a camp, a Christian camp, and I'd done something. I think Delilah's hairdresser came out of that. <laughs> and then I thought about it, and I started to write it. He thought it was a marvelous idea, and I started to write it. And then I got scared at the whole idea of doing a one-woman show, but a friend said, you know, if you believe God wants you to write, then just do it as an act of obedience and see mm. where it goes. Nice. So I said, yes, okay, God, I think you're asking me to write this, and I am scared out of my mind that no one likes it, but I will do this <laughs> yeah. for you, Lord, and I will give it to you. And so I didn't write it as an evangelistic tool. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was just, I wanted it to be funny. Mm-hmm. And really, that's all I wanted it to be was funny, mm-hmm. and it ended up being funny, but it ended up being so much more. Yeah, I think that that that's what makes it makes it good. Yeah, you weren't thinking about preaching; you were thinking about no. entertaining. No, and people are being entertained, but there's meaning. That's there's right, meaning and they come away. I mean, one one pastor said to me, "It is amazing how much." preaching you did without preaching yeah oh if all homilies were like that <laughs> listen we're we're completely running out of time and 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 i wanted to ask you just a little bit about so if people want to find out more about that particular show or because you also uh, y- you can go to a, a conference and be a speaker at a conference i'm predominantly more a speaker these days because you know Coming in and doing a, a one-woman show, churches don't really have no. the budget for that. Right. And so I'm, and you know what? I love to talk about Jesus more than I love to do the show. Yeah. So I, I am a Christian conference speaker, and I use the comedy. Mm-hmm. You will always get humor, and sometimes I'll just throw on a wig in the middle of one of the talks and just <laughs> illustrate something. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I, I think... Uh, the, the the good thing about running out of time is that it means that we can have you on the show back. I'd love to um, because there's so much more to talk about. Yeah. Um, but uh, but at least this has been a, an introduction to okay. to to you. People are hearing your name for the first time, Judy Savoy. If you're interested in finding out more about Judy, about her her show, about her, her the stuff that she does, her her talks, or you want to bring her to uh, to your parish or your school or your group. Uh, I know you're speaking at the CWL conference. That's the Catholic Women's League. Yep, coming up in Saskatoon. June and and last, ju- last and year I was at Women of Bethany. Oh, Parish Missions. Parish Missions, Love exactly. Yes. Parish missions. So that's great. So the website is com. That website is, we're going to put a link on our website so people don't have to feel that they have to run and write it down. So it's judysavoy.com. Judy, thank you so much. 
Thank you, Pedro. Thank you for being on the show. Okay. And and blessings and good luck uh, with with all you're doing. And we'll have you back. Okay. Thank you. So that was uh, uh, Judy Savoy, Christian speaker, comedian, and uh, one-woman show. Uh, look her up, judysavoy.com. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Lorraine Hartsuck, with her song, God on the Mountain. Life is easy when you're up on the mountain. Got peace of mind like you've never known, but things change when you're down in the valley. Don't lose faith, for you're never alone. For the God on the is still God in the valley When things go wrong He'll make them right And the God of the good times Is still God in the bad times A God of the day When you're up on the mountain Talk comes easy When life's at its best Now it's down in the valley Of trials and temptation That's when your faith is really put to the test For the God on the mountain Is still God in the valley When things go wrong He'll make them right And the God of the good times God of the day is still God in the night. Oh, the God on the mountain is still God in the valley. When things go wrong, oh, you make them That was Lorraine Hartsook with God on the Mountain from her new album, Through the Fire. We will be speaking with Lorraine in about five minutes. But first, here back with us is Chris. Hi, Pedro. Pedro, I wanted to tell uh, you and our listeners about a poll that was conducted by the New York mm. Times with CBS News, which I thought uh, was was really quite fascinating because there's... there's um, 
some I think 30 questions or, or perhaps even more. No, we're looking at more than 50 questions here as I look at this list. Really? Which really provide a, a window into what, what Catholics are feeling about the sexual abuse crisis and how they feel about the media. So they've polled Catholics exclusively? Uh, well, they polled Catholics or and non-Catholics. Non we're mostly going to focus on, on the Catholic numbers here. Okay. And one of the, the big questions is, you know, has the Vatican done a good job or a poor job handling the recent reports of past sexual abuse of children by Catholic priests? And across the board with Catholics and non-Catholics, um, only 30% said a good job, 58% said a poor job. But uh, there's, there's better news, however, for the church in that, um, that now uh, a majority of people believe that the church is doing much more to prevent uh, the mm. sexual abuse crisis than to cover it up because one could understand by looking at some of the media reports how they might come to the opposite yes. conclusion. And 75% uh, of Catholics believe that the, the, the Vatican and, uh, and an even higher number for the American bishops are working more to prevent the abuse crisis, only 17% said cover up. Hmm. Um, in terms of how this is affecting people's, uh, people's practice of their faith, it doesn't seem to be having a whole lot of effect on it, Pedro. Um, you know, asked whether uh, Catholics would remain in the church or whether they've questioned whether they want to remain in the church. Only 9% have questioned as a result of abuse crisis, 86% have not. And we see this also reflected in how they practice their faith. In terms of financial contributions, rough around 80% say they're giving just as much to the church as they were before. And in terms of their involvement, I say that 77% say that it, it hasn't affected their involvement in the parish life in any way. Wow. So they're still going to, mm -hmm. to the church. They're still involved in the same numbers as usual. Now, a couple of other numbers, Pedro, that I thought were really interesting were uh, what people thought were the causes of, of the sex abuse crisis. Right. Uh, because some people on... Um, I guess you could say, uh, d depending on, on where you stand, some people are, are saying that celibacy is a cause. Yeah, we spoke about that last yeah. week. And other people yeah. are, are actually blaming homosexuality among mm -hmm. clergy. And uh, now with both of those, those questions, people seem to be quite evenly split. Really? Regarding celibacy, around 30% say it's a major factor. 28% say it's a minor factor, 35% say it's not a factor. Mm -hmm. So I guess if you added those numbers up, you've got two-thirds saying that it's somewhat of a factor. Um, now, in terms of homosexuality, is this a factor contributing to child sexual abuse? Well, again, 30% a major factor, 23% minor factor, 37% not a factor. So we've got a uh, little over half of respondents saying that it is a factor in sexual abuse, 37% saying it's not a factor. In both of those, those numbers, we've got also people who just don't know. And the last numbers that I wanted to tell you about, Pedro, were what, does what do people think of the media and how they're responding to it? Well, Catholics, 46% think that this issue has been blown out of proportion. A slightly lower number, 41%, that's five percentage points lower, say that it's being accurately reported. And, and finally, has the media been harder on the Catholic Church? I know a lot of people I know mm. seem to think that they have been. Yes. Well, 64% of Catholics uh, do think that the media has been harder on the Catholic Church. Only 30% feel that they're treating them the same. Interesting. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. what, a, what a good poll. I'm going to have to uh, 
to have a look at all, all those questions, 50 questions. And there's a lot more here that's also very interesting, and you can find it all on the New York Times website. They actually have the, the whole list of questions from the poll right there. Great. So that's good, good information. Thank you, Chris. Um, uh, again, our Salt and Light Radio News producer, Chris Dimitrenko, with some uh, interesting and useful information today. If you'd like to comment on anything you hear on our program, you know the email address. Do we have to say it again? Radio at saltandlighttv.org. Send us your comments. Hey, this is Jesse Manabusin. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. Last we spoke to Lorraine Hartsuck over a year ago. She was in Rome on her way back from the Holy Land. and We spoke about her work in the areas of evangelization, women's conferences, and pro-life work. Now, Lorraine has a new album, as we've been listening, Through the Fire. And we spoke to her last Wednesday as she was getting ready for the Regina, or the Saskatchewan March for Life. Lorraine, nice to have you back on Salt and Light Radio. Thank you, Pedro. I'm just so glad to be part of this as well. Oh, it's good that we were able to connect because I know you're you're ready to uh, take off for Regina. Yeah, shortly. yes. And I you am. have a winter storm. Uh, we have lots of snow. In fact, my husband's going to drive me to safe ground so that I'm able to get there. That is, that's crazy because it's not winter over here at all. So oh. uh, we feel for you. Well, yes. Count um, your blessings. Yes, I know. Now, you have a new album, Through the Fire. Tell us about this. Uh, it hasn't been released yet, uh, Pedro. Okay. Uh, Through and the Fire. Uh, I was just really inspired to, to entitle it Through the Fire as I travel and speak and sing and, and just have, you know, personal relationships with people who tell me all about their suffering and their trials in their life. That, you know, it's just very fitting that we know that through the fire is, is, is a cleansing and purification process for all of us, that when we're mm-hmm. facing our trials, we're weak, our vision's blurred, you know, Lord, are you really hearing us? And uh, I'm here to tell you that we do have victory and, and, and that we can take adversity, we can embrace it, and we can also know that that, um, that adversity is going to bring us to a place of, of um, a deeper relationship with Jesus because we're truly sharing in the cross with Jesus. Um, your previous album, Embrace the Cross, had, I think, uh, and correct me if I'm, uh, I'm wrong, but a very similar message. So is, do you see a connection between the, the concept of going through the fire for purification and embracing the cross? Yeah, um, the Lord really, you know, he's just really impressing on my heart the power and the victory that we have through the cross in sharing, you know, our, our trials, our suffering, our tribulations, in sharing it. Beca- when we're doing that, we're becoming one with him. So, you know, it, it's a powerful message. It, it, that's the answer for all of us is to remain in him, with him, you know, and through him to, to get us uh, through the storm. Right. Uh, there is no other answer. Right. Now, you're not just talking about this theoretically. You're talking about personal experience. No, um, you're absolutely right. Um, some, you know, some people are very overwhelmed by my story, but only by the grace and mercy and the power of the cross of embracing it. Um, I, you know, sort of wanted to have a child like like all newly married couples, and mm-hmm. um, I was diagnosed with a, a deformity of having two reproductive systems, two wombs, except yeah. they were half the size, so of course I had loss of 12 miscarriages, so I have 12 babies in heaven, but I also mm-hmm. have two beautiful adopted children that God's blessed us with. And like all parents, we went through our trials and tribulations in raising our children, but we, you know, we, we're just so blessed, and we look at that, and we thank the moms who chose to give life to these beautiful babies so we could be moms and dads. Do you think that, uh, sorry, do you think that this, this idea of, of going through the fire, is that the, is that the only way 
that we as Christians can and should see suffering? Um, I don't think so, because when I think of the word fire, I also think of God's overwhelming, unconditional love for us. Okay. You know, the fire of His love. You know, the fire of His love. And that's what I think, you know, I was unaware that God could love me. I mean, me. How, how could He possibly love me? Because I've been so unworthy of His love, mm-hmm. you know? I've, I've been away from Him. I maybe wasn't obedient. I, w- I was maybe living in sin. How could He love me? But wow, the fire of His love. Um, he died on the cross for me, and that, 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 that love just pours through me that cleanses me and, and purifies me and, and draws me ever so close to him more and more mm-hmm. each day. Yeah, that warmth. Um, <laughs> you keep talking about the fire, going through the fire, and I keep thinking you're going to be going through the snow today. Um, <laughs> that, that'll, that'll, yes, that too. That'll be your next album, Through the, through the Blizzard. Yeah. Um, we're, speaking, we're speaking with uh, our, f- our featured artist of the week, Lorraine Hartsuk. This is Salt and Light Radio. My name is Pedro. Our Lorraine has a new album, Through the Fire. Um, but you also have a new, I was glancing through your website, and there's this whole thing on Patsy Cline. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about that? You know what I'm saying, Lord, I don't understand this, but you know, um, I I really believe that, that God has brought opened this door for me because when I was a little girl I used to imitate Patsy Klein in front of my mirror. Really? You know, and and we're going back quite a few years, but yes. my brother and I kind of, he does Elvis and I do Patsy, and so I thought, you know, what a great way to bring joy to people. That's funny. But also on, on a secular level of, of just being part of the world and just enjoying life mm-hmm. to the fullest and bringing joy to others through fundraising, um, dinner theaters, and that's kind of where that's at. So I said, okay, Lord, wherever you take this, that'll be fine with me. That's a good message, I think, for a lot of uh, particularly uh, younger people who want to go into ministry, that it's not all about... You know, you singing songs with message or singing, you know, Jesus love songs. That that I think that there's a place for just good, solid. And we might think that secular is like a bad word, um, but that's how we connect with. I mean, you're connecting with a whole bunch of people that you wouldn't have connected otherwise had you not been doing this, right? Well, you know, I also want to just say this: that what, what God's really been showing me lately, Pedro, is that. Um, you know, we're very comfortable within our prayer groups and, and within our faith communities, but God is really stretching me. Mm. I'm saying, oh, Lord, really, Patsy Klein? But now he's stretching me even further, and he's asking me, um, I, I have an opportunity just recently to be signed up with the Speakers Bureau, oh, yeah. and that is for corporate events. And I'm going, ah, how am I going to, you know, how am I going to talk to so many people on a universal level about God? Right. But he's stretching us. He wants us to use our talents and our abilities. When our faith is secure and grounded in his love, we become so unshakable. He says, now I think you're ready to go into the front line. Good. Well, and yeah. be like Christ. Storytell. Yeah. Gain their trust. Share your faith with them. Mm-hmm. And wow, he's going to open doors. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, um, now, that doesn't mean that you're st- not doing some of the other stuff, your, your conferences no. and the speaking. And My heart is first and foremost with proclaiming the gospel and right. evangelization and healing. And I just, I keep praying, Lord, just, you know, send me more, send me more. And that's part of what you're going to be doing tomorrow at the March for Life. Yes. Um, yes. Now, this is the second year that you participate? This is the second year that I'll... Uh, actually, I have participated in other small ways. Right. This is the second year that I have uh, brought the music ministry to the pro-life market. Okay. And uh, I'm really excited because, um, 
you know, we're doing some really powerful songs. We're actually going to be marching to Battle Hymn of the Republic. Oh, really? Yeah, and, and you know, everybody, I read the history behind that song, and it's absolutely powerful how soldiers went to war, and, and they stood their ground on truth, and that's what we're doing. We are at war in a sport, spiritual war, and mm-hmm. we're going to stand our truth, and this truth is going to march on whether the enemy likes it or not. Now, do you see the, the, you, the, this pro-life theme through your music, even with the new album? Yes, because we are, as pro-lifers who believe in standing in truth, you better believe that we will be marching through fire, but we're going to get through the fire. Uh-huh. We're going to get through it, because Jesus promised that he would be there for us. And don't give in. Just hold on. As the song says, don't give in. Just hold on. Guess what? The Lord's going to show up, and he's going to take you through that fire again and again and again. Yeah. Because he's marching right beside you. Yeah. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Um, You wrote a beautiful song that I totally love, and I I call it an anthem because that's really what it is. Take a stand for life. So is that going to be the, the theme? That's going to be the theme song, which is going to be the powerful dynamics last song that we do to continue to encourage people to take a stand for life, not just for the unborn, but that's the main focus, but to to answer the call in, in all of our mission is to take a stand for all of God's creation, the blind, the exactly. lame, the elderly, um, and, and to grieve with those who have lost a child, to, to be the arms and the, and the feet and the voice of Jesus, to hold them, embrace them, love them, lift them up, encourage them. You know, he commands us, as, as in the reading today, to love one another as I've loved you. Right. And, 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 and when they see that love in us, they will see the Father's love. And, and I think that, that this song, and I agree with you, Pedro, this was an anointed song that was given to me, and, and yet pretty much a lot of people do not know this song exists, and I know the Lord gave it to me for a reason. Well, they're going to hear it today yeah. <laughs> on this show, so that's good. Lorraine, um, just quickly, you, so you have the new album, but anything else that's new that we need to know about? No, I think that's it, Pedro. You've um, been busy. <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, we're always busy. That's you know, good. when we're working for God, He takes us in different directions, but we, we're just obedient and we just move forward. Okay, so you're still doing the speaking engagements. If people want to contact you, they can go to your wa- website, LorraineHartsook.com. That's correct. H R H A R T S O K, Hartsook. And again, we're going to put that link on our website, slash radio, in case people didn't have time to grab their pen and write it down. Um, and, uh, and just a note, Pedro, yeah? that when I'm speaking, um, I love speaking for women's conferences. That okay, is just yes. my passionate desire. And you're good at that. And so. that's <laughs> just where my heart is. There you go. So if you're looking for a speaker for your next women's conference, uh, visit LorraineHartsook.com and, and bring Lorraine out. She's, uh, she's a powerhouse. Um, I'm, I've been a witness to it, Lorraine. So thank you so much. And thank you for speaking to us today. And, and, and have fun marching tomorrow. Thank you, Pedro, and and please keep us in your prayers as well. We will. And God bless all you listening right on this program today. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was a conversation I had with Lorraine Hartsook last Wednesday as she was getting ready for the March for Life in Regina, which took place on Thursday. Now, it's also a good time to remember then that the National March for Life will be in Ottawa next Thursday, May 13th. If you can go or keep the march in your prayers, that would be great. Now, here, as promised, is Lorraine with her pro-life anthem, Take a Stand for Life. silence 
in the stillness I hear a voice sent from God above Will you go to the nations renewing faith filled with hope and love Will you stand beside each life created the lost and lonely Comforting the aged Heal the broken heart Help the blind to see Proclaiming truth Setting captives free Will you take a stand A stand for life Protecting others pursuing right fight the good fight with all your might will you take a stand take a stand for life up the lane as they run the race day by day living by my grace oh see the joy when they laugh and cry see my love
was our featured artist of the week, Lorraine Hartsook, with Take a Stand for Life, which also can be found in her new album, Through the Fire. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. Our email address, again, is radio at saltandlighttv.org, and our blog can be found at saltandlighttv.org slash blog. And now back with us is Alessia Domanico. She's sitting in for Mary Rose. She has some news about this wonderful ministry for young adults uh, here in Toronto. Yeah, you know, it's really, it's hard to find a sweeter, you know, kinder young woman to help connect young people together than Vanessa Nicholas Schmidt. You know, she brings together young Catholics in one of Canada's biggest dioceses, which mm -hmm. is Toronto. And Vanessa is the program director of Faith Connections. Now, Faith Connections, which was started by the Sisters of St. Joseph, you know, as a ministry for faith and community building for young adults. And as a young adult herself, Vanessa understands, you know, that need to be supported and nourished on one's spiritual journey. So I had a chance to speak with Vanessa earlier this week. Hello, Vanessa. Thank you for joining us at Salt and Light Radio. Thank you for having me. So if you could tell us a little bit about what Faith Connections does. Faith Connections is a wonderful ministry of the Sisters of St. Joseph of Toronto. Uh, and we do a number of things. One of the things we do is networking collaboration. And through that, we try and connect 18 to 39-year-olds with whatever they're looking for on their spiritual journey. So if you're a young adult listening to this program right now and you're looking for a volunteer opportunity, a spiritual director, a Catholic singles group, a Christian sports group, or whatever else you may be looking for in your spiritual journey, we would do our best to try and help connect you. We also hold events and programs. They include Theology on Tap, Hike and Prayer, Alpha in the Pub, and Retreat. Perfect. And if you could tell us a little bit more about Theology on Tap. Okay. Um, next, on Monday, May 17th, is our next Theology on Tap. And we'll have Gr Gregory Beast joining us to speak on Risking God, Living the Sacramental Life. Theology on Tap evenings are always a lot of fun. We gather in a pub for discussion on faith and justice issues. Uh, the Sisters of St. Joseph's buy the wings and pizza, and the young adults buy their own drinks. And it's just a chance to delve into topics more deeply and also to connect with other young adults and hear an interesting talk. So it's, if you would like to join us, um, for those, all those young adults listening, it will be on Monday, May 17th, and the details can be found on our website. If Mondays don't work for you, we also have an event on Saturday, May 29th. We're going to go and have a hike in prayer and go to Doors Open Toronto, which should be a lot of fun. Uh, it'll be a chance to have a walk, but also to explore Doors Open Toronto and reflect and pray about how architecture is related to our faith. Great. I'm sure I'll see yet. Yeah, no, I'm looking <laughs> forward to being a part of all this in the yeah. future. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was lovely to chat. Thank you Thank for your time, you too. Thank you, likewise. Take care, Vanessa. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. That was Vanessa Nicholas Schmidt, Program Director for the Young Adult Ministry called Faith Connections. Now you can learn more about Faith Connections by going to their website, faithconnections.ca. Great. Thank you so much for that, Alessia. Um, and a reminder, we say this every week. Remember, if you want to, us to talk about your events, it's as easy as sending us an email, radio at saltandlighttv.org. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel. Sirius 159 and XM 117.
I'm Pedro Guevara Man. And I'm Alessia Domenico. And the Holy Father will be in Portugal this coming week. He's been doing a lot of traveling lately. <laughs> yes, he's. Uh, this is his third trip in a month. And on Tuesday, May 11th, he's arriving in Lisbon. And that welcome cer ceremony will be airing at 6 a.m. Eastern Time. Yes, a lot of these uh, times are early in the morning because of the time change. And we're airing them live. But yeah. following that uh, welcome ceremony, the Holy Father will be visiting the Mosteiro dos Geronimos. I hope that's good Portuguese pronunciation. Yeah, you know, my Portuguese isn't up to par, but what I from what I understand, it's a beautiful place. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site where some of the first explorers to the Americas prayed, like Vasco da Gama, uh -huh. before they set out. Pretty Great. interesting fact there. Yeah, it is. So, so that will air at 7.45 a.m. Eastern. And uh, following that, the Holy Father will meet with the President of Portugal, which will air immediately after at 8.30 a.m., also Eastern Time. And the day is going to be ending with a mass to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the founding of Christ the King Shrine in Almada. And this will be airing at 1.15 p.m. Now, the following day is just as packed with several events. They begin airing at 5 in the morning, Eastern Time. And on Thursday, the day begins with the Mass at the Shrine of Our Lady at Fatima at 5 a.m. Yes, <laughs> a lot of early, early mornings. <laughs> the day continues um, with a few other events. This is Thursday, um, culminating with a meeting with Portuguese bishops, which will air at 1.45 p.m. Eastern. And on Friday, there is a Mass at 5.15 a.m. and the farewell ceremony at 8.30 a.m. from Porto in Portugal. Yes, so that's a lot of information. If you missed all those events and times, no worries. Just check our website website saltandlighttv.org and click on the Apostolic Journeys link. All that information is there and in fact some of it might be subject, subject to change so if you want to watch these events um, uh, go to our website but basically from Tuesday to Friday there will be coverage of most of the events of the Holy Father's trip to Portugal. And if you missed any part of this broadcast or want to listen to any Salt and Light radio program you can go to saltandlighttv.org slash radio. All our shows are archived right there and available for podcasts. And remember to send us your mail. We love emails. So please let us know what your thoughts are on anything that you hear on this program. The email is, if you don't know it by heart yet, it's radio at saltandlighttv.org. And that's all for today, Alessia. How was it? It was good. You know, I'll be better next week, hopefully. <laughs> that's it was right. great being here with all the listeners. That's right, because you, you will be here next week. Mary Rose is, uh, is away on assignment in London, Ontario for, for two weeks. Um, but thanks for helping helping us out. Our Salt and Light associate producer, Alessia Domenico. She's been sitting in for Mary Rose. Um, so thank you for helping us out. And thank you, our listeners, for being with us. Uh, my name is Pedro, and this has been Salt and Light Radio.